Welcome to the Restoration Church podcast, Behind the Sermon, where we get to sit in on a conversation between our pastors and hear about what they're learning, what they're teaching, and what God is doing throughout our church. Enjoy the podcast. Welcome to the Behind the Sermon podcast. I'm Pastor Nate, joined here by fellow introvert Charlotte, and also joined here by Travis as he tries to pretend that he's introverted as well. Hey guys, how's it going? <laughs> That's good. It's going good. It depends on the day for me. Some days I am introverted. Most days I'm extroverted. How's your day going, Pastor Nate? That's called schizophrenia. Um, I understand that. Yeah, it's true. Uh, if you have multiple person, or actually multiple personalities, or something different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, my day's going pretty good. Sitting outside, and someone just let the dog out loose, and so that is the backstory to um, what happened before the podcast began. So, Better than the cow. Yes. Um. So now the cow's pretty easy. If the cows get loose, they're easy to. Uh, at least right now with they're young, they're easy to, to catch. So, um, Travis, I know you were serving in kids' church yesterday. Did you have a chance yeah. to listen to the message? Or should we I give you a recap? And, I listened to bits and pieces of it throughout the day yesterday while I was going back and forth. Gotcha. Um, you still are fast-forwarding anytime it gets challenging? Yeah, usually. You know, I, I like to skip the parts that make me hurt. Gotcha. <laughs> Yeah, so I I just walk out of the room and, and, and then I come back when I hear people laughing because it usually means you told a funny joke. So. That, that um reminds me of the third of the third point there. Um, I talked about it. Um, I need to I need to open my notes, but we talked about spiritual warfare during message during the messages. Um which is a good description of what you just described. It's <laughs> <And laughs> true. Sometimes it's spiritual warfare. Sometimes it's the spirit of God. Because mm-hmm. the spirit of God's convicting us and we're feeling uncomfortable. Yeah. And any, any feedback on you two guys on how you could distinguish the difference? Um, I would say for me, a lot of times the only difference is, is like the spirit of God for me, a conviction does, it doesn't necessarily like it's, it's very overbearing in a, in a sense. So like, if I feel like God's convicting me and like, it's uncomfortable, it's not like something I necessarily, um, it brings like shame or guilt. It's more like, oh man, I'm like, God's revealing something within me right now that I, it's not comfortable to deal with, but it's also, it's not bringing other things along with it. Like there's no baggage. Whereas like if it's spiritual warfare, normally there's a bunch of other things that are intertwined with it and it's just messy. It's a messy yeah. feeling. Right. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. I think, you know, it's the difference between shame and guilt. Um, I think sometimes, you know, conviction usually brings a level of guilt with it. Because when you feel 
convicted, you do feel a little guilty of like, oh, I've been doing this. Um, but whenever, you know, spiritual warfare is going on, the enemy really likes to make us feel shameful. Uh, really likes to make us feel um, like just heap, heaping it on. Uh, right. You know, I, I think the best uh, analogy I could use is like, imagine like stepping on a bed of Legos, um, you know, very uncomfortable. It hurts a little bit. Um, but the enemy wants you to like, like step on hot coals and then wants to burn your feet, wants to make you feel it as, as long as you can, where God just wants you to get in that uncomfortableness, wants you to realize, Hey, what you've done here is wrong. Needs to be corrected. Um, but I don't want you to stay there. Right. Yeah. And I, I would say they both, they can both make us run. And if, if you're new to feeling conviction, right. Um, Mm -hmm. it's just like, I don't know what I'm feeling right now. I can't stay. But I think as you begin to follow God, you know, that conviction always leads to kindness, right? Your kindness, Lord leads us to repentance. God's not angry at us. He's not upset with us. And so when we feel conviction, we begin to recognize that as opportunity to grow closer to God. Yeah. Well, that was point number three. Should we go through any of the others or just like, hey, that's it? Podcast over. <laughs> That's the end. Quickest um, podcast ever. Yeah, Charlie, you go. Give me give me your feedback. Or... Oh, I was just going to ask a question, but I can give you feedback too. Um, ask, ask your question. You can give feedback after. Okay. Uh, I was going to ask, what inspired you to, to preach this message? Like, what was, like, was it something God specifically was pushing you towards? Or was it just something you felt like, our congregation needed to hear and to be able to learn through. It's hard to remember because we scheduled it so long ago. We scheduled it almost a year ago. This sermon, this title, this week. So this is not one that ever got changed. Um, And I think it was just, maybe a frustration that was building up within me as um, I just kept hearing people use it as an excuse not to participate in what God's asking them to. And then I, the way I hear about it, the way I hear people talk about themselves when they talk about being an introvert, really it, it just is self, um, I would say self denigrating, but it, they're, they're using it as a as a crutch like hey well unfortunately i got dealt these cards and i think that's a wrong way of thinking about being introverted or extroverted and so yeah. i think mm-hmm. maybe at some point i just exclaimed introverted is not a disorder and then it was like light bulb like the spirit of god you know feeling spirit of god say preach that mm-hmm. um yeah but I did definitely did have a good amount of people talking to me at worship night and after service. Like, um, you know, did you have to preach a sermon about my life or have you been <laughs> watching and listening to in on all my conversations to write the sermon? And, uh, yeah, a lot of, a lot of challenge and a lot of feedback from, 
from the message, which is yeah. great. Well, I, I think it's something that really no matter what side of the aisle you're on, uh, we can all find ourselves um, having those thoughts here or there, like, oh, I can't do this because of ABC. And so, yeah. so you just challenging that, I think, is something that every single person, whether they want to be truthful with themselves or not, can say, yeah, that hit home. Yeah, and I would think, right, it's the, you know, extroverts can make their own excuses, like, I can't go to a prayer mm -hmm. meeting. Um, I can't do a day of solitude. I can't, right? you, you know, and, and I can't do these things that God's asking me to because of my personality. Um, I think, I think when God asks, is asking us to do something, it's pretty easy to come up with excuses. Yeah. And it's a challenge. I think that's sometimes the easiest time to come up with excuses. The moment yeah. God asks us to do something that may be just a tiny bit out of our comfort zone, we jump to excuses. Oh, I can't do this because of ABC. I think, yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. And I I feel like it's easy to make excuses when God's asking you to do something. And it's always like when it's outside your comfort zone, you think of yeah. like, oh, God, you've only you've created me as this. So I cannot do that when it, he's actually asking to partner with us and use us like within our strengths and through our weaknesses. So mm -hmm. I, I think it's it's allowing God to do the work that he's going to do and be obedient to that. And it's going to be scary. It's not it's not going to be comfortable either. But um, and we're you just got to like battle through what your your instincts are right the first part of it that i talked through is like the problem that we're focusing on a characteristic over character and one of the things i said is mm -hmm. like we talk about introvert extrovert which comes out of myers-briggs but that's just one part it's just one of the letters of a four-part personality trait mm -hmm. And so we're we're wrapping our whole identity, and we could have preached about the identity of God. It was one of the ways I was working toward the message. Um, but we wrap up our whole identity in this one letter on uh, on the Myers Briggs, instead of being more concerned with the character that God has called us to be and to become. So I talked yeah. about, I talked about hospitality as, I don't know, an, an opposite, but a, but a more important character trait that we need to develop rather than just setting on this challenge that I'm introverted. And so kind of what are your thoughts on hospitality? What are your thoughts on introverted people needing to be hospitable? Talk, talk me through that a little bit. Well, I, you know, go ahead, Charlotte. Okay. I find I love hospitality and I love to be hospitable. I love to find ways to reach out to people and to care for people and welcome them either into my space or even like not in my own space. Um, and I think that's, that's just a manner of just 
being able to be open and loving to people. And that's just something God calls us to be. It is definitely harder to do when your natural instinct is like, I would rather be alone right now. Um, but I, I don't think it's something that deters from that because I find myself like, even though I am introverted and like my, I would, I don't love being in large group activities. I don't find myself like seeking out opportunities to hang with many people all the time. Um, but I do enjoy the process of like welcoming people into my home, having a meal, celebrating with people, um, or even just, um, saying, Hey, do you just need a a place to come and rest and like seek, uh, respite, whatever. And I, I just find that even like when it's not natural, as you grow and like seek after God, it becomes more something that I find myself leaning onto and finding and chasing after. So the act of hospitality is more and more pertinent now than it has been in the past for me. Yeah, I think that's great. Yeah, yeah and, and I well, I would probably use my wife as a really good example. Um, for those that don't know, Aaron, she's extremely introverted. Um, she would much rather stay at home, be with a small group of people. Like that's where she gets her energy. She gets energy from one-on-one time, not in large groups. Um, and with the lifestyle we live and the, the assignment God has me on right now, um, you know, we're around large groups of people all the time. And so, um, you know, it's, it can be hard for her, but, but she's extremely introverted. However, she has one of the strongest gifts of hospitality I've ever seen. Um, she is extremely gifted in the gift of hospitality, um, making people feel welcomed, making people feel loved, making people feel like they belong. Um, and I think sometimes introverts, if they're honest with themselves, they have a better a better chance of being hospitable because they know what it's they they know what it's like sometimes not to feel like you belong in a large group setting. And so they know how to navigate it and how to make those people belong. And that's what my wife does is like, she, she looks for the introverts. She looks for the people that don't belong and she finds ways to make them belong. Um, And, you know, you can be hospitable and not have to host large parties. You, You can show hospitality and not have to even welcome people into your home. Hospitality goes beyond just, um, being a good host, but you know, it's being kind, it's gifts, it's loving, you know, there, there's so many layers to it, but I think hospitality goes hand in hand with introverts. That's my personal opinion. Yeah, I think, well, I, I definitely think it's probably a gift that a lot have, not everybody has it. And, no. you know, I feel like I can have a wide open home, but I really struggle with being a host. So, and I, and then I end up feeling a lot of pressure when people are over, like to entertain them, to have enough chairs, to have good food, to have things to do. And then I'm like, can be panicked the whole time. Like, this is boring. (laughs) This is not a good party. (laughs) And, uh, you know, that could be a challenge of it. I, I, one of the things that I heard is everybody should should know how to cook one good meal. 
And so when you have people over, you just got one meal you know how to cook. Just learn how to cook one meal. And so I'm still learning. I learned for one me, good restaurant. It's not that I have yeah, I was just gonna say that. For me, it's not that I have one good meal to cook from. It's that I have one restaurant in my town that I know people will love the food from. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I definitely have the benefit where I can cook a lot of good meals, but I I've always like, I mean, in the recent years, I've always lived in someone else's home. So being hospitable from that aspect is definitely more difficult because it's their home and then I'm there and being hospitable in different environments is, is definitely a challenge, but I think it's being creative and finding Mm -hmm. ways to make people feel welcome wherever they're at. Even if it's just out like going to a restaurant, I think that that takes a certain talent. Right. One of the things for me, that's a challenge is, um, when I get, you know, so the way to understand introvert, extrovert, the conversation is where do you get your energy from? And um, which is kind of, I don't really like communicating it that way. But if we just say, if you're, if you're with people, does that make you want to be with people even more? Or does that want you to be with people less like after it's over and so i have an amazing time with people amazing time and then i want to go home and kind of disconnect and be by myself Mm -hmm. and it doesn't mean i hated my time with people or i don't want to be with people ever again but i need to recharge as opposed to the person who's alone you know they're once they're alone and they feel the same way I do after I've been with a lot of people. They're like, I don't mind spending time alone, but I've got to go be with people. Um, mm-hmm. Or, and what I what I find for me is I can, because of necessity from meetings and appointments and and work and family that I've been running on empty. I've been using every last bit of strength I have in all of these social interactions that I just crashed. Mm -hmm. And I've got to manage that a little bit better. Yeah. But yeah, but I think my biggest challenges are when I'm running low and then I've got 15 more things at the end of the week. Yeah. I, it can be a big mental, a mental game to, to navigate and to walk through. Yeah. yeah I mean, like even, you know, using this past month and a half for, for us. So, you know, we went from kids camp to youth camp to general council, which is the large gathering of assembly of God pastors. Um, we're talking thousands of people in, in an area um, and Aaron and I had to work a booth uh, where we were basically meeting new people and talking pretty much the whole week. Um, and so going from kids camp to youth camp to that, like I was spent. And and I would say I lean towards extrovert more than introvert. Um, I definitely love my alone time, um, but I would definitely say I'd, I'm more of an extrovert. But I was spent. I was done. Um, and then I came right back to work and had to start jumping into meetings and 
it's like I was not productive for that almost entire week because I was so empty. I, I had nothing else to give. Right. Yeah. Even I think about this past week for myself, there was two large events. I was supposed to go to a wedding. I had like a bunch of things throughout the week with like dinners with people and like plans that I had made like ages ago. Um, I definitely found, I find myself in those moments. I have to make every moment matter that I, I get. So like when I'm at worship night, it's the end of the week. I've had a long, long, long week, but I still want to talk to people and catch up with people and make those connections. But at the same time, my brain is just fried and me having the same conversation over and over again, trying to catch up with people and get status updates and give status updates. It's hard, but I find like, even like when I catch a moment in the car, like just for 30 Mm -hmm. minutes of just, okay, I'm not just gonna check out. I'm going to check in to myself and like, see where I'm at pray, worship, uh, take a moment and just get refilled as much as I can rather than just sitting in the, the, I have nothing left to give. So I'm just going to stay here for a second. Like you can make each moment matter and yeah, you still should make a balance of it. And it inevitably is a balance, but it it does make a difference. Yeah. So how, how would you recommend someone who's um, focusing their life on this characteristic being introverted or, or even extroverted? They're focusing their life on a characteristic rather than developing the character of God. What would, how would you coach them? How would you help them? Well, I, I think I would, it, it would be, like I would talk to anyone that's focusing on any aspect and any singular aspect of their lives. Mm. You know, like we are not introverted. We are not extroverted. That is not who we are. Uh, Just like we're not smart. We're not dumb. We're not strong. We're not weak. Um, And I think sometimes we can focus on these, these singular aspects of our personalities or our physical attributes um, and just intertwine ourselves and and make that our identity when the reality is is that's not our identity our our identity is found in and solely in who god says we are and nowhere does god tell us you are introverted you are extroverted yes god creates us in specific ways and ways to um, interact with others Uh, but we have to understand that being extroverted is not our identity. Being introverted is not our identity. It's a part of our identity. It's a part of how God made us, but who we are and what we are are two separate things. And I think sometimes we need to focus on who we are more than what we are. Yeah. Our, yeah. Our identities in Christ. That's right. That's top. And we have, and, and the more that we yield ourselves to him and open ourselves to him, the more he creates us to be like him. And so the shyest person, the quietest person can be used by God to be a, to be a street preacher, to be a, um, to be a, a preacher or worship leader or a proclaimer. Um, right. If that's what God wants them to be. 
But we, we, you know, we would be like, can't do it, God. Not even going to try, God. Well, I mean, yeah. I and, and maybe you used it as an example, I don't know, but, you know, let's talk about Moses. I, You know, the Bible's not clear if he was introverted or extroverted, but I think it's clear to see that, you know, um, having a speech impediment was something that he saw as a weakness and that probably made him lean towards not wanting to speak in public and wanting to, you know, kind of just be in the background. And his, his brother Aaron did a decent amount of speaking too, but, you know, there are many times where he had to stand up and he had to proclaim and he had to, you know, speak the truth. And he, he led an entire exodus of his people and saved an entire generation of his people and the generations after. Um, but had he focused on the fact that, oh, I'm, I'm introverted. Oh, I have a speech impediment. I can't do this. You know, he limits what God's able to do in him. Yeah. I think where we focus is, is very important. And if we're focused on ourselves, we're missing the creator. <laughs> and I, I like to have the conversation with people who are focused on one aspect of themselves and are focused on like what discredits them rather than what accredits them. Um, and I think it's just a matter of go to scripture, find out who God created you to be, find out who Jesus is and what he can do for you, through you, in you, around you. And that should be where your confidence comes from because if he can do all of these miracles of healing and raising people from the dead and casting out demons, what do you, what else can he do uh, through you, even despite all of your iniquities? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Give me um. Give me like a testimony or a benefit something good that's happened for you as you've been in a Bible study or a circle in your life. Cause I'm sure there's been days you didn't want to go. Um, oh yeah. But, or I, even entire lifetimes you didn't want to go. <laughs> well, I mean, like, I, I think that's kind of laugh a little bit, but it's true. Like when, when I stepped into the role I'm in now, Aaron and I moved to Dover and um, we, we got real involved with restoration and started going, you know, when, whenever we could. Um, but the, the, the part of my job that a lot of people probably don't see is that I'm gone almost every week um, and I'm constantly traveling, constantly going places, constantly, you know, meeting new people, doing new things. And I remember when circles first started up um, in Dover, after I stepped into this role, Pastor Nate asked me to join his. And, uh, you know, with with the reality that I may miss some because I'm traveling, but to try and be there when I can. And, you know, it, a complete honesty, I just didn't want to go. Um, not because it was Pastor Nate and his circle, but because uh, I'm uh, traveling. I'm pouring myself out throughout the week. And the last thing I wanted was to go somewhere and and have to pour myself out more. Um, but what I found was that was a misconception. A lot of the times when we think through Bible studies and circles, we have our own, we we make up our own expectations that others have for us. 
And so my expectation going into the circle was Pastor Nate's going to expect me to be a leader in his circle because because I'm a pastor because, you know, um, but that's not like that wasn't Pastor Nate's expectation. His expectation of me was, hey, just come and be a part of this, you know, build community. And that's what it was. Um, Were there some nights that I still did not want to go? Yeah, absolutely. There were nights where I was just tired and exhausted. But I don't think I ever left a circle. Um, like if, if if I felt tired and exhausted going into it, I don't think I ever left a circle feeling the same way. I think I left feeling, um, you know, these people care about me. These people love me. I love them. I care about them. And you, you, but by the time you leave, you may not be energized by it. You may not be like, all right, I'm ready to run a marathon, but you're not going to leave more negative than you, than you arrived. Yeah. Um, Something I just thought of, and I'll let you share, Charlotte, is so as an introvert, when I go to circles, I always leave like with my energy empty, right? I always leave with that part empty, but I leave like with my soul full. Yes. So an example of that I thought of is, okay, if I go like antiquing or yard sailing or shopping all day, at the end of the day, my gas tank's empty, but my car's full, full of treasures and stories and memories. And so being part of a circle for me, like at the end of it, yeah, my gas tank's empty, but the rest of my car's full with things that I'll keep for forever. Yeah. So I can always refill my gas tank, but I but I'll miss I'll miss that treasure at the yard sale if I just stay home. I'll miss that treasure from the Bible study or from prayer time or from friendship if I stay home. Anyway, that just popped into mind. Yeah. Charlotte, share your yeah. um I am currently a part of a circle that I'm leading. And when I first started it, it was um it was, I was terrified <laughs> because, <laughs> um, I didn't really know anyone that was joining my circle. It was just an open group to anyone who wanted to and could join. And two, like, I didn't feel like I had the like capacity to like let more people into my life and like build more friendships than I already had. But at the end of the day, I look like it the circle started a year ago today. We have like a small little just family unit. We've got people from all walks of life and we can all pour into each other in different ways because we've got people who are young families. We've got people who are newly married. We have people who are single. We have people who are from different work life environments and just all of these these different things. And it's this testimony of like, we see how God is working in each in everyone's lives. And like, we can encourage each other where we're all at because at least one person from the group has gone through something that another person has, even within such a diverse group. And it's just always, it's always an encouragement and a faith builder to just come together over the word and just talk about how God is speaking to us and moving through, through our lives. And it's just, it's been a huge blessing because even on the weeks that I I can't be the the best leader, someone else is there to step up and just take where I cannot. <laughs> and yeah, sometimes it is, I do leave with the empty gas tank, but I do leave with the treasure trove of, of things to walk out of. 
Yeah. Talk to me guys about um personal development. I I one of the things I talked through was um you don't you only know how to talk to people through a keyboard or through a text or through a mic mm. and not actually talk to them face to face. Is that a challenge you guys face? You're both younger than me, so you grew up with it longer than I did. did it- I I think for me it was it was more of a challenge when I was a teenager. When, when like, uh, everyone was really starting to talk through text and email and stuff. Um, like I, it was so easy for me to have one personality through text and a different personality in person. Um, especially like when I started, uh, pursuing the opposite sex and, and trying to date, like I was suave on text. Um, mm. At least I thought so. I believe um, it. You have to ask. Yeah, right. Um, but but I I was suave on text, and then in person I would shut up like a clam. Uh, and that was even something that like we had to navigate Aaron and I when we first started dating, um, because I I was very talkative through Facebook Messenger. Our our relationship was long distant. I was very talkative through Facebook Messenger, and then when we got together, I'd be a little quiet, and it was like she'd have to like pull it out of me. Um, and I, I think that is something that we deal with because the majority of our lives are spent now on screens. They're spent via text, via email, via Facebook, social media. Um, and it's just like anything, though. You, you have to work at it. You know, you have to put yourself out there, even if it's uncomfortable. And you have to figure out how to talk with other people. Um, talking in person is a necessity in life. Um, and it's something that, that we need to be able to do, but like there are entire generations now of people that, um, uh, refuse to talk, call anyone on the phone because they don't want to talk to them. They'd rather just text them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I unfortunately cannot really speak to this. I am terrible on my phone. I don't like texting people. I also don't like talking to people on the phone all that much. I would much rather an in-person conversation, which is both good and bad because I I won't, I'm not the best texter or caller. So like everyone else is, that's how they're connecting. So for me to create those relationships, it's difficult And then I'm also super awkward in person, Uh, just uh, terrible. Uh, But I find that I can connect with people better. And as soon as I can make that in-person connection and make those connections through um, just hanging out or just going and doing something or at events and things like that, then it's easier for me to connect over text or through Mm. calling. What about you, Pastor Nate? I, I, I'm both. So I was surprised to hear you say, Travis, because when I was a teenager, we were using and my, and so I, I had a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of social stuff was happening on that. And I found myself relating people better to that than in person mm-hmm. it was just easier i don't know what it is i think i think for me i had more time to think so yes i think that's exactly when, it. when someone asked me something in person i can end up 
like studying my words, saying something stupid and looking like an idiot. But on text or email, uh, text wasn't around back then, but on, on instant messenger or email, I was able to, you know, you know be a lot more eloquent. And so it was a lot, and I could think about what I wanted to say. It was a lot more thoughtful. I found it easier. Um, yeah. But you have to develop those skills. If you don't, then what happens? You end up the hermit. You end up the, mm-hmm. the introvert who says, no, I can't do it. I'm an introvert. Well, that's ridiculous, right? But you just never develop those skills. So now... You can overcome the social anxiety. You don't have an ability to um, to go up to someone and say, "Hey, what's your name? How long have you been coming to church here?" Uh, you can't push yourself to join a circle, yeah, because and and maybe you've created a margin in your life, so you've your your life is so out of whack that. You can't invest in the relationships God's called you to invest in because you're, everything's about work. Everything's about toxic friendships. Everything's about, and so you're, you're too depleted to do what God told you to do. Yeah. And you need to flip the priority in the order of your life. It's like tithing. You don't tithe last because you'll never have money. You tithe first. And then God does something supernatural. Same with our introvertedness. You don't say, well, I don't have any energy left to give to be in my circle. No, you reprioritize. Mm -hmm. I'm introverted. So my energy is going to go into Sunday morning and it's going to go into my circle. And then what's left after that will go into my other social settings and my work-life balance. And I think if you do that, I think like tithing god will will do something supernatural yeah i can i can completely agree with that i think it's also too it's part of like your emotional health too if if you're constantly just stuck with where you're at like you're not allowing you're not allowing god to move in your life in other ways so you're just stuck in this you're going to be stuck wherever you are at emotionally and spiritually if you don't allow yourself to develop and grow in that area. Um, right. I think it's it's important that we we do both. Yeah. Yeah, I think sometimes we can focus so much on um, maybe the physical aspects of following God. Like, look, God, I didn't lie. I didn't cheat. I didn't steal. Um you know, like, like I'm following ABC as, as you've, as you've laid out before me, but then we have all this, the, the mental side, the, the spiritual side of things that we need to get in line. Um, and I think that's why Christ is so, uh, specific, you know, when, 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 when Christ arrived, he, he changed the way we looked at things. It wasn't just, Hey, murder is murder. No, he, he went as far as saying, if you hate your brother, you know, you, you're, you're murdering them. Um, and so I think it's because like, we need to get what's inside aligned even more so than what's on the outside. 
Um, and that includes our, our own personalities and our, our, our weaknesses and our strengths is finding ways to balance them together in line with what God has for us. Yeah. Yeah. Charlotte, how long have we been talking? Do you know? Um, let me. I wasn't see. keeping track. It'd be like the sermon yesterday. All of a sudden. Does it? Does it not tell you how long you've been recording? No, it doesn't. Oh. Uh, it's hard because we had that that bout in the <laughs> beginning. <laughs> well, listen. Let's talk through. Let's talk through some resources if we can see how that how that conversation goes. Um, there are surprisingly a lot of books about uh, written for introverts, and I've never read any of them. Uh, but Introverts in the Church is one. The Introverts Guide to Spontaneous Witnessing. Um, uh, the, the I don't I'm not sure if all these are Christian uh, introvert by design. Um, so there's a whole bunch the Christian introvert. There's a whole bunch of books on this um, to help people to to grow and discover this. I thought of um right before I asked how long we've been talking. I thought of um. Of a book I had read, but but I forgot about it. I don't know. Is there anything that you've done or studied um, that you find helpful? So I don't know. I don't know if he's still on Air One. I haven't listened to Air One in years. Um, but there's a the host. He used to be a radio host. His name was uh, Brent Grant Hansen. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a book called blessed are the, are the misfits and it's it's oh, yeah, basically yeah it's basically you know for for it, it's for introverts but it's all like 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 that's like who it's kind of marketed towards but it's really for anyone because i i think the the key here is you know we we talked a lot about introverts today and 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 yesterday during the message but also like like you could be an extrovert and still feel like you're you're missing something or feel like you don't belong or feel, you know, like you, you, you can still have some of these things. And so even if there's a book that says, you know, introverts in the church, if you're an extrovert, pick it up and read it because there could still be principles that um, align with you. Yeah. Yeah. I don't necessarily have anything. I've listened to a lot of podcasts on the subject. I could not pinpoint any one of them because they're just from different people. Um, one of them is probably Emotionally Healthy Leadership that I've listened mm. to that definitely talked. There was a series that um, was gone through. I think it was like four-part series on on being an introvert and how it's not, um, not a disease or anything. Uh, but other than that, I haven't read any books specifically on the topic. There's a um, there's a, uh, another podcast, Managing Leadership Anxiety, and he has a book, but the same title. I haven't read the book yet, but, but it's on my list. But I listen to his to his podcast a lot, and one of the connection points to this is right. We talked about social anxiety, and in the message, so when we're feeling anxiety, how do we manage it? How do we, cause we can't let anxiety control us. 
Right. Um, so how do we manage it? What do we do? How do we respond? What are we yeah. feeling? What's happening? Someone else could have anxiety. And so how do we let them sit in their anxiety, but not let it transfer to us? And so that's been a podcast that's been helpful for me, right? Because if my kids are anxious and my wife is anxious, I can get sucked into that. Or I can suck them into my anxiety. And and so just having this self-awareness of what's happening and what's going on could do it. Could could go a long way. He's like, oh, I'm anxious right now because I because my friend didn't come to church yet and I'm standing here all by myself. So mm-hmm. here's what I'm feeling and here's what I'm going to do about it. I'm going to stop standing here being scared and I'm going to go just sit in my chair and stare at the, the pre-service announcements. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> or I think um, yeah, that person's a friend of my friend. I'll just walk over and stand with them till my friend comes. Like instead of just feeling in that <gasps> I need to run. Mm-hmm. Like to just say, okay, I know what I'm feeling. Normal yeah. feeling. And here's how I'm gonna solve it. Or at yeah. least manage it. I think another book that I would recommend in line with that, just like anxiety overthinking. Um, because because I think a, a a lot of the stuff that limits us, it's a, it is our own thoughts, right? It's the it's how we think through situations. You know, I can't do this because I'm an introvert. Well, we're the only one thinking that. No one else is telling us that. Um, right. And so a, a lot of it has to do with with managing your own thoughts. And a book that I read a few years ago. But recommended it to a couple of leaders as well, and they read it. and And something that's just kind of helped me. It's called Soundtracks. That's the name of the mm-hmm. book, Soundtracks, by John Acuff. By John Acuff, yeah, yeah. Um, and and he, he's a he's a great author. Uh, he's a real funny guy too. A great speaker. But um, the the idea is there's soundtracks that play in our lives. Uh, sometimes there are things that we don't even know. That, that we're speaking over and over and over in our life. And it's how, how can we first see these soundtracks, find these soundtracks, but then change them. And so it may be, oh, I can't do this because I'm an introvert. But how, how can I change that to, I can do this because I'm an introvert. Like, like th- this is why I'm able to do this instead of I can't do this. And it's, right. it, it's, it's a really good one. Yeah. Awesome. Well, guys, it's been a joy talking. This could have been a very short conversation or a long one. We have no idea. <laughs> here, here, this would be my prayer from this from this week's message, and for anybody listening on the podcast, that every single one of us are in a circle. Mm. Every single one of us this fall, we're in a circle. There's yeah. ones that are meeting in people's homes. There's some that are there's some that are meeting at churches. And I would say, if you're someone who says, because um, I can already, one guy's popping in my head, I just can't this semester because of my, because my schedule's too uncertain. You can still sign up. And if you can never make it, you can never make it. But, uh, but, but sign up and make it to the weeks you can make it. I think it's mm-hmm. more important to go half the time or a quarter yeah. of the time than to never go. And the other thing is, if no one's offering a circle at a time you legitimately can make it, 
then that's your sign to start your own circle yeah. at a time you can make it. So if your circle is on a Saturday morning, because that's the only time you're free, then start yeah. it. And it might be two or three other people who God's going to use you to meet a need in their life. So don't give up. Don't quit. Don't take the easy road. Develop the character. Do what God's called. And obedience first. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it, guys. Awesome. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> thanks for jumping in on the conversation. Everybody, thanks for listening. Oh, Charlotte. Yes. The, talk to us about the podcast. You were sharing with me, but we only had like a two-minute conversation. And then I don't know what happened. We both introverted out of the conversation. <laughs> um, but you were saying, did you tell me a lot of people are listening or... Oh, yeah. Last month, we hit record numbers. We had almost 600 people download episodes, like different people in one month, which is nearly double than what we've normal ha- normally ever had. Um, and we had a couple of days where over 100 people listened within a day, nice. which is crazy. Awesome. Yeah, it's been cool. That's cool. Cool to watch. Right on. Well, thanks for sharing. All right, everybody. Have a great day.